You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with Michael Sugihara. He's the Executive Director of Emerging Leaders Initiative, and Mark Chasman, who's a co-founder and coach of the organization. Guys, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for, thanks having, for having us. Yeah, of course. So can one of you tell us a little bit about the ministry and maybe share what God is doing through you guys currently? Well, I'll be happy to start. Um, just a quick background story to kind of give you an idea of how the ministry was created really from the from the beginning. Um, I was uh, grew up in Los Angeles, kind of Hollywood area. My dad was in the entertainment business. So I was kind of had this vision of pursuing a full and abundant life kind of through that lens. Uh, I struggled uh, in, and had what I would call a crisis of faith in my midlife, uh, my 40s. I uh, didn't grow up with a, a faith life at all. I was grew up in a culturally Jewish home that was really not about uh, the teaching and of, of, of what God, teaching of the Bible, Old Testament or New. Um, and kind of after, in that crisis, uh, someone who was obedient to God, uh, carrying out the Great Commission, came into my life and, uh, and discipled me. Spent about two years in that process, really just from a relational context, became uh, really interested not only in the things he was trying to teach me, but mostly interested in him and the way he modeled his life. And from that, uh, I, I found my calling. I kind of left 25 years of, of traditional business life, corporate life, and started to feel this buzz around, you know, kind of what is my calling? What is it that I should be doing for you, go God? And uh, kind of through that process, uh, been on this journey uh, and have now been on this journey uh, for 10 years. Uh, ELI was co-founded with some others, including Michael, about five years ago officially. And uh, that's how we kind of got launched into doing what we envision doing, which is helping all experience the promise of Christ, which is life to its fullest, life to abundance. Um, and I'll let Michael maybe speak to kind of what we're doing, you know, today, some of the things that we're seeing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing, Mark. And I love it because I think so much of the work that we're doing is really tied to our own stories and the stories of others. And just a little bit of background for me, Zach, uh, you know, I came into this, as Mark said, alongside him and others and stepped into this role of executive director at the time where we didn't have a whole lot of things that we were directing. I'm really seeing a vision and desiring to help others experience the fullness of life. And for me, though, I think what I realized was there's always this kind of constant back and forth, this tension about kind of this idea of what an executive director or a leader was supposed to look like, or what a, uh, for example, a Christian leader in ministry was supposed to look like. And and in my own experience, actually, a lot of the things that I saw in leaders wasn't what I saw in myself. Um, I didn't, I wasn't, uh, for example, a charismatic leader or someone that I saw myself up on stage. And there were a lot of things that really just, I would say, hammered at kind of my own sense of value and worth. And I was really by going and experiencing what this uh, organization, ELI, has really been about for a number of years now that I started to actually unlearn some of the things that I thought were true 
on learning some of the things around what leaders look like, what Christians look like, how we actually are able to show up in our fullness and to be able to experience true freedom, um, to be able to actually know and understand what God thinks of us and value that more than what others think of us. And to be able to step with boldness and courage really into the many ways that he's calling us to be impactful for his kingdom and to see real change happening in our in our lives and the lives of others. And so I think what we've really seen over the last years in particular is people experiencing freedom to be able to live or aligned with how God has designed them uh, and to move beyond simply maybe what their childhood told them they should be or should do or what their schools did, or even sometimes their churches, and really understand what it means to follow Jesus and to do so seeking Him and not necessarily the approval of others. Very cool. So on the ground, like practically, what is it that you guys do? Yeah, so for us, it's really oriented around a few kind of key aspects. And one of them is really just intentional, consistent, relationships. Um, We call ourselves kind of ELI and ELI community, but it's really about how do we bring people together, those who are desiring to pursue Jesus, uh, into experiences across differences to really be able to uncover and discover who they are and ultimately why they are here. And a lot of that, again, really happens in the context of small groups, in coaching relationships, as well as through an ongoing engagement with others as a part of this community. And so really a number of different ways that we desire to help people to discover, again, kind of what we call whose they are, which is ultimately God's, who they are and what makes them unique and specific uh, in their design and why they are here. Um, And ultimately how they can apply that into all the different ways that they impact and influence in their spheres of influence. That's really cool. Uh, so a, lo- a lot of coaching, a lot of mentoring. Is there is there like discipleship models that you guys are using within within what you're doing? Yeah, yeah Mark, absolutely. do you want to speak to some of the inspiration there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we uh, you know we've taken inspiration from a variety of people. Most importantly, <laughs> Jesus and the way he went about actually you know building relationships with 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 people. Uh, meeting them where they are, serving their needs, and then taking them on a journey to some become, become something more. So it's the fisher, you know, the, the fishermen to fishers of men kind of approach to doing things. Uh, we keep our construct when we start off in this journey. We call it discovery. We keep it small. So we usually have one guide and we have two people who go on this journey together um, so that we can create the intimacy, uh, the authenticity, uh, the depth of discipleship that we desire to help people create uh, by building a relational construct or create relational context. Uh, and then as they go through that discovery process, which Michael said is really about helping people understand who they are, whose they are, and why they are, then they start to get some seeds about, oh, I'm here for something greater than myself. Uh, after they go through that experience, start, we have another experience we call the activate phase where they now are part of a group. And, and now that group is a we are in this together trying to not only understand our design and our purpose, but how we might carry that forward for you know, God's plans and, and, and greater kingdom purposes. And then they enter a third phase, which is called the unite, ignite phase, excuse me, which is really where this coaching comes in and uh, kind of spearhead that effort. We now have three other coaches and we're growing that, that, that group because our whole efforts are to turn what we call consumers into contributors in our community. 
So most of us start out and sit in the pews and we are consumers. Many few of us are showing up and, and then contributing to the body as a whole. And so that's part of the expectation of what happens through our process. And really what happens in the coaching, it's, it's these are people who are on fire to live fully into God's design and purpose for their lives and to do it with others. And we basically sow what I call wisdom seeds. Um, and wisdom is, is simply the way we think about it is scriptural solutions to human problems. So every problem is a wisdom problem is the kind of way we look at it. And the word of God is, is the wisdom of God. And so in that coaching relationship where we can show up and we already have a shared experience, we can really go deep and help people see what might be getting in the way of living into that fullness or experiencing the abundance of life in the way that they might desire to do that. Hmm. Now, this brings up a question for me that is maybe a little bit off topic of some of the discussion questions I sent over offline. Um, but as a discipleship organization, looking at the 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 reason I bring up this question up is because it's come up a lot in in our podcast. So it's been like forefront of my mind. It's been coming up in conversation quite often, and so uh, this idea around. Um, discipleship in the Western church being centered around the pulpit. How do you, would you guys, how do you guys think about that? And how do you guys, you, you made a, a comment, uh, consumers to contributors. I, I think there's a, a culture within the Western church that is consumer heavy. Um, so how do you guys envision moving the Western church away from that model and, and getting the, the body more involved in discipleship. What like what is your mindset around that? Michael, you want to yeah, say that can do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, Mark mentioned as as much as we can and with all humility, right? We seek to look at uh models of Jesus, the model of Jesus as well as uh continued models of discipleship. Um one of kind of the helpful initial inspirations for us was actually uh, a book called Transforming Discipleship by Greg Ogden. And this real mentality around not only hearing the word and hearing uh, what did it mean to be a disciple, but also doing and acting in that and really seeing how it's that continual process of becoming aware, understanding, responding and acting that produces new fruit in our lives and the lives of others that being a disciple of Jesus, is not simply hearing uh, to your point about kind of being in the pews or being on a Sunday service. But it's really that process of doing. We see that right, in the disciples, that the following of Jesus involved their whole life, following him, following him with others, and ultimately inviting others to follow Jesus as well. And so as much as we can bring that concept of discipleship into the work that we do, it's really this process of helping someone to again begin or continue to deepen their following of Jesus to help them to follow Jesus and his model of leadership together with others. And then to have practical ways that they can also begin to then invite and guide others to follow Jesus as well. And we believe that all of those really work together in this idea that when we grow, that's when we're able to actually grow others. And how do we continue to provide tangible, practical ways to take what we learn or listen to on a Sunday, or I guess now it's on podcasts and and YouTube, and actually make that a weekly uh, practical action. And then to really discern with God and the Spirit what He's doing and how He's bringing new awareness to us as a result of the actions that we take. Interesting. 
That's really cool. Now the the individuals that take uh take part in your programs or or get involved with your ministry, what does that generally look like? Is it a lot of business leaders or just kind of anyone looking to figure out and find out their identity in Christ? What does that kind of look like for you guys? Well, I've got a story that I could tell giving you a sense of a, a, a actual individual who uh, has been on this journey with us now probably, uh, you know, since the beginning. Um, he started out uh, thinking that uh, God was calling him to uh, do a church plan on the west side of Chicago, uh, went to Trinity Divinity School, got his master's in Divinity there, and then ended up getting uh, a denomination to help him fund his plan. And uh, along the way, uh, he got to a place where he was realizing that uh, he was not fully equipped to kind of bring that organization, bring that new church plant to life and really struggled with it. And so uh, he came and got involved in an ELI, went to this discovery process to really, again, help him understand who God designed and purposed him to be. His natural thinking was because it was something that, you know, he grew up in a church life, a church family, that the natural place for him to show up would be as, as a church planner within his community. And and through this process of, of helping him see himself and his design differently, uh, he ended up shifting completely his, his emphasis and focus in terms of serving into God's calling to become an urban education reformer. And so what we do is we come alongside people. And we help them um, help really show up and live into what we believe is kind of, you know, the, the, the clearest calling that comes from, from the Bible that we possibly can look at, which is Ephesians 4, 12 through 16, which is to fully equip and perfect God's people or the saints for works of service to build up the body of Christ, therefore the church, until we reach oneness in the faith. And what we help people understand is how they fit into that, how they get fully equipped based on how God has designed them to then serve in an arena that God has designed for them. And oftentimes it's a lot of this. It's a lot of breakthroughs to realize, you know, I was going down this path, as Michael said, because I thought that's what I should do. As opposed to I should go down this path and serve God's kingdom because that's what God's designed me to do. Mm. And so there's an example of just kind of one person who's been on this journey. The idea that we are a community is that people realize that once they have this kind of support in their life, they need it. Um, and they continue to design to desire it, and we want them to have it, but we want them to shift their approach from being a consumer of what's been given to them, this kind of clarity and this kind of reinforcement of how to live more fully into their life, but now to give that back to others and help facilitate that either through coaching or group facilitation or becoming a guide in our discover process. And that is how ultimately this, 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 this uh, community thrives and grows and continues to uh, move forward. Yeah. Now, uh, your ministry is a bit unique in the ministry sector in that you're not, uh, you know, directly fighting human trafficking or developing a child sponsorship program, some of the more popular uh, routes to go. Um, how do you guys handle donor development and, and do you find challenges fundraising for uh, the uniqueness of your ministry? That's a great question. Thanks for asking, Zach. And so, I think for us, we think about right, donor development, really at the heart of it um, is relationships. And when we think about all the work that we're doing, uh, we are desiring to and, and seeking to serve every person that we come in contact with, whether it be right, a potential donor or a potential uh, individual as a part of our program. And I think one thing that Mark spoke to 
um, is that we, we love that we get to serve uh, a diversity of people. And in that, right, any number of people can grow and move as a part of ELI. And so every conversation we have gets really oriented around how is that person being led by God to grow? And if that, for example, leads them towards wanting to partner with us financially, that is awesome. And we want to cultivate that and help them find ways to do so. If they want to engage in our, in our programs and then by engaging in that desire to give back and pay it forward, we love that as well. And so it's really been an organic growth of different avenues of revenue, whether it's been through individuals, um, through foundations and people. And really, it's the individuals who have either been impacted or those who they are impacting as a result of how ELI has made a difference in their life. And so it is really through kind of, I would say, the fruit of our work that we see God developing and and growing, providing for this organization. And those who are financial partners with us are ones who are actually, are, are, are primarily the ones who have been impacted or those who have been impacted by those who have gone through ELI as uh, as an organization. And so I think for us, it's really a unique space to fit where, again, we're not a formal local church. We're not a, a formal, say, leadership development uh, entity, um, but we're kind of in, in the intersection of both of those in terms of work, life, leadership, and, and really a faith-oriented community. And we've seen God really draw resources in any number of ways by being in that intersection. Mm, that's interesting. Now, how how do you guys differentiate and and uh, maybe separate yourselves from a traditional leadership development entity? Well, I think the differentiation is the how we do what we do. So the how we do what we do is very much you know in and around doing it in a together framework. Mm-hmm. Um, you get onboarded in our process by being part of a community. And in our, like we said, we create the intimacy amongst three, a triad to begin that journey because that's where we find that people are willing to start to develop relational connectivity and then therefore go deeper in their discipleship. Um, And so that is a big part of how we do what we do. It really leans into kind of this, the theme of, of the now, which is, which is, The principles don't necessarily need to change in terms of how we develop leaders for the church or we disciple for the church, but the systems absolutely do need to change. And the systems are the practices by which things get done that are therefore then derived from those principles. And then now what we recognize, especially with the generations that we're dealing with and the cross sections of people that we're dealing with, is that if we're not first and foremost putting relational connectivity first, then the things that we're talking about of consumers moving to contributors, which aligns back again with the great commission, which is for all of us to go out there and make disciples, it doesn't happen. Mm. And so this is where we show up and that makes us different is how we do what we do makes us different. Gotcha. Uh, obviously growing an organization like this is is not easy. It comes with its own challenges and struggles. So what have been some of the hardest lessons that you guys have learned uh, starting out building this organization? Mark, do you want to speak yeah, to uh, pre-me and then I'll, I'll speak to once I came in the picture? 
Well, premium is 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 this construct, this concept of 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 not casting a vision, but casting a vision, holding it tight enough because others want to change your vision or or or, or alter your vision, but holding it also loose enough so God can speak into your vision. So what I mean by that is, you know, we as individuals or human beings tend to think small and operate small and operate safe. Uh, God is a big God, as we know and we learn. And God is not looking for people who are equipped to do what he desires. And he's looking for those who are available to do it and not only available to do it, but are willing to be uh, trusting enough in, in his lead to do it the way he desires it to be done. And so this has been a journey for a period of time where God has made this expansiveness of, of the vision for what it is that we're doing come about. And so it's this, this tension between holding the vision or, you know, cat, holding the vision tight, but holding it loose enough for God to speak into it. And then keeping people feeling like, you know, they know where they're going, helping people understand where we're all going together. And then the second part that I would say is what we talked about before. We are so used to being great consumers. We're not being, we're not great contributors as those of us in the church. Um, again, our systems and our constructs with kind of pulpit ministry uh, is really a function of how, you know, uh, our leaders were educated, just like in our higher education system. We have instructors. Um, we're not about having instructors. We're about coming alongside you and helping you feel cared for. And in that process, helping you grow. And then through that, encouraging you to take a role and guide and lead as well. So I think, again, just working against breaking with kind of the status approach to uh, people learning and growing uh, and and adopting a, a, a different way of actually learning and growing. Mm. Yeah, now, offline. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I would say for me, uh, just real quick, um, like I said, I don't know if it'd be real quick, but it, it definitely, there's a personal, I think, reality uh, of what's challenging in this. Um, and I'd say, you know, probably for myself coming in as a 26 year old um, and trying to ultimately figure out how to build and grow this ministry. I would say that, you know, most of my time, I think I spent questioning my ability to actually do so. Um, there's right this concept of imposter syndrome. And the reality was in the spaces that we operate in, even in Chicago, that most of the leaders didn't look like me as a, as a, most of them weren't, for example, a Japanese American or 26 or young or didn't, you know, have all the credentials and, and the degrees. And so there was this constant tension of even just needing to confront and be able to overcome my own doubts of self, my own, uh, I guess, conceptions of should be reading about all the books of entrepreneurs working hundreds of hours, right, a week, and, and thinking about why am I not able to do this? Or why am I different? And so I think all those challenges, even internally, have certainly limited and gotten the way of me actually living into how I can lead this organization by trying to lead it in a way that was how someone else might do so and coming into contact and coming into conflict with that on a daily basis and confronting, I think, a lot of the lies that I was believing about myself and not uh, the truths of God um, that I think I needed in order to be free. Hmm. Wow, twenty six. That's incredible. Were <laughs> did you step into the position as the executive director at twenty six? I did. I think it was so. It was our first role that we've had on our team, 
And, uh, and Mark was uh, a mentor of mine before that and someone that, you know, I really caught um, a lot of the vision that he had for this organization. And I think the question that he asked me that I still remember to this day was I was in the process of actually discerning between this job and another job. And what the question he asked me was, do you feel God leading you to build something or do you feel God leading you to build something within an established, I guess, something? And, and at that time, really feeling like the, the perceived risk of stepping into this, uh, the perceived unknown was what God was really going to use to challenge, stretch, and grow me. And he's done all of that and more. And I think <laughs> there are, again, a lot of things, especially in the last four years, that I know that I would not have experienced, um, both highs and deep lows, but all of that has really pushed and drawn me closer to him. And realizing that whether I'm 26 or 76, I need God more than ever. And he is the only person that I can fully trust and want to trust to lead this organization. Well, and I think that speaks to your, Mark, your belief in this vision, like discipling, discipling Michael, coming alongside him and raising him up and trusting him to the point to put him in the position of executive director over this organization and and vision that you had for what the Lord was leading you into. That's um, that, that to me, that just seems like a testament to your uh, belief in this call. Well, I, part of it is what, you know, the first part of it is, is, is back to the principle, right. And and what Jesus modeled uh, for us in terms of succession, uh, you know, he was there with a ragtag group of 12 people for three years. And then obviously he left uh, our, our earthly world and, and they carried forth, you know, obviously a major movement that uh, is uh, billions and billions of people today. Um, yeah. And and so he knew from the beginning, his intention from the beginning was to have the others succeed him in the carrying forth of this ministry or this mission. And so this began with Michael and I early on just building relationship and, and, and in that relationship, talking about the things of life and through that relationship, talking about the things of life in relation to the things of God. And so he and I were able to be able to bless by that kind of model, Jesus's model for how he built relationships, showing care for another. And then from that care, drawing a commitment from those, that, that other that aligns with what they're designed and purpose to do. So it was easy in that construct because started out with that principle. And then it ended up with Michael again, realizing that this is, this is of him. This is something that he desires. I really even even today struggle with kind of right these traditional titles of executive director because I know how they work in most ministries. They've got a board, they tell the executive director what they're supposed to be doing and that executive director carries out, you know, the board's wishes. Michael is leading this organization. Michael's bringing the energy, he's bringing his spirit, he's bringing his fullness of vision to what this is about and he is helping mold it, helping it become a diverse, uh very very uh unique uh, organization that I could have never done. And the board that was here uh, in the beginning before Michael came into this position could have never brought it to where it is today. So it's also being able to recognize that God has created amazing people and the full use of the body, all aspects of it is what is able to bring about greatness in the kingdom. And so we're hoping, because again, we're not perfect, but we're hoping to be able to be somewhat disruptive in the way other ministries, right? Look at what they're doing. Um, Look to 
uh, the next generation as 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 the immediate future, not the future ten years, twenty years down the line, mm-hmm. uh, because of their way to look, they look at the world, because of their heart, because of their soul, because of their ideas, because of their ability to engage in diverse communities, because of their ability to engage technology in ways that you know those elders like us, elders like us, don't really have a comfort with. Um, and so we're hoping that that comes out of, of our modeling. But if we're excellent at what we do, then God will take care of whatever that is. Yeah, that's great. Well, it's cool to see it modeled within the leadership of your organization. Um, offline, you shared a topic uh, I'm interested to explore a little bit further, um, and that is disrupting the quote-unquote supposed-to narrative. Uh, you've touched on it a little bit. Um, can you, um, well, we've, we've touched on it quite a bit. How are you guys helping leaders to break through and find who they're designed to be? And then, and then the result of that, what kind of kingdom impact are you seeing when, when these breakthroughs kind of take place? And that's, that's the question I'm really interested in, in hearing from you guys about. Yeah, I can go first here. Um, so I think we've we've spoken to this I know, quite a bit in terms of the kind of intentionally relational um, component of this. You know what happens right in the context of of our groups or of our coaching really is again trying to align again and again with how Jesus disciples. And so there's a component of it uh, of really living life together, as well as asking really strong questions. Um, staying curious and being able to bring the word of God and the Holy Spirit into those spaces to do really incredible, amazing things. And so we do truly believe that first and foremost, we don't change or transform people. God is the only one that can do so. And in an amazing way, he allows us to partner in him, with him in that um, by asking questions, um, by challenging, by confronting and being able to help individuals first, I think I mentioned before, become aware. And so for us, that's the first step is actually helping individuals become aware, Um, whether that be a part of their own experiences and how that's shaping, how they think about the world themselves, their leadership, whether that's aspects of tapping into tools like StrengthsFinder, or uh, I guess Clifton Strengths it's called now, or Enneagram kind of personalities. We see them all as useful tools that are not prescriptive, but can be descriptively useful to help people understand more fully how God has designed them and what that actually means when it comes in contact with other people. And so we focus individually um, on individuals in terms of kind of their own self, how that then relates to others in relationship, and then ultimately how that carries forward into organizations, companies, communities, and systems. And so for us, it's really helping them people become aware helping them to more deepen their understanding through different engagements with individuals across the board. And then ultimately this kind of idea of what is then the action that you're going to take as results. And that's really where we see God bring about incredible breakthrough. And just as a, a really, uh, I think, awesome example of that, um, there's an individual that has been a part of ELI for a number of years now, and they were really struggling with the idea of confidence. Um, they don't have a lot of examples in their life of people that look like them or that sound like them having success or being able to really grow and influence and impact. And it was really that first step of actually doing something 
and trying something that kept holding them back. And it took about two or three years, but really this cultivation of them not only understanding who they were in Christ, but becoming to see that as worthy, as of dignity, as beautiful, as of value. Um, and then people around them providing safe spaces, courageous spaces for them to try that this individual is now creating multiple opportunities for others to do the same thing. They're hosting webinars that are drawing tens of people to experience a limitless belief. They're hosting podcasts and inviting leaders to come and share how they've overcome limited mindsets and beliefs. And they're also engaging in coaching for people that have approached them about how can I ultimately get to where you are in your mindset, in your belief, and able to weave in his own story into that process with them. And so from that time with ELI, this individual is now impacting way more people than, than, than just himself because of being able to move past and break through what had been a limiting mindset, limiting belief for him in the context of these experiences. That's really great. Well, th this has been awesome. I know that you guys have a, another engagement you have to get to. So I'm going to wrap things up. Um, can I pray for you guys in ELI? Please. Absolutely. Thank you. Father, I just lift up uh, ELI and Mark and Michael as they lead this organization. I pray that you would give guidance, that you would give direction, that you would give clarity of vision, Father, and, and that they would just continue to run hard after what you've called them to. And um, I pray that lives would continue to be changed and transformed and um, that we would continue to see a um, just a shift in how the church views discipleship through ELI's work, Father, that, that the entire body is called to be a part of that process and not just um, church leadership. And so I uh, thank you for their willingness to jump in and, and be a part of what you're doing. I thank you that you invite us into that, Lord. It's so uh, incredible that you've invited us into the um, into your work, into your redemptive work. And so we thank you for that. Um, I just pray blessings on, on this organization and these two guys, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Michael, Mark, thank you guys so much for being on the show. If uh, people want to get a hold of you or learn more about ELI, how can they do so? Yeah, they can uh, go online at www.eli.community or also email team at eli.community as well. Perfect. Well, thanks again, guys, for being on the show, and uh, we wish you guys the best. Thank awesome. You, thanks so much for having us, Zach. Yeah, of course. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.